Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to That Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. And of course, you see the executive producer of That Davis and Frippin Fri- Flip and Friends, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski 1 on Instagram. We will find you, whoever has Ryan B. Ski on Instagram, and we will punish you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flaming torches ordered on Amazon. We're going to be yes. ready. You yes, need to have coming. the pitchforks, though. I don't think we're I can coming. fly with those. Okay, I got you. We maybe we'll do an exchange, and you can become Rabiski One as Ryan takes on his proper name <laughs> on the ground. Uh, look, we got a lot to jump into today. We definitely have to talk Bears football with the upcoming game against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And uh, celebration: the White Sox won the division. They went to the playoffs back to back. It's been like uh, 20-something-odd years since they pulled that one off, since the, perhaps the early 90s. I can't even remember if I'm right when I'm saying that. But, uh, it's just it's like the Cubs, time. basically. When they went it's in a, 16, it felt like forever. For real. When uh, It's been a long time. They won earlier today, the beginning of a doubleheader, versus the Cleveland baseball team, the Guardians. Um, they, they shellacked them. Tim Anderson had two home runs. The first time Timmy had a home run since August 20th. So it's basically been a month since Timmy hit a home run. He he dinged two of them. I just turned the game off before the second part of the doubleheader. The Sox were up two to one on a um, it was a two run, uh, two RBI uh, single by um, uh, Andrew Vaughn. They were down by one to the Guardians. So shout out to the Sox. Um, it's a celebration on the South Side. The division is cool, but. We got bigger fish to fry. I don't know if this season will be the season that we fry that fish. And, of course, I mean winning the World Series. Uh, Just recently, if you're living under a rock, um, Carlos Rodon has experienced some arm tightness. So that's a scare going in with one of your elite pitchers, at least elite this season. So, you know, it's a a good feeling, but there's a little bit of worry. Um, But still, thinking about how this season has gone with the injuries – um, that, that looked as if they were going to derail this season. And I know this is a plus of being in a weak division, but still, I'll take it. Um, but it's just great to, to know that here in September, we're in the playoffs. And if you asked me this in May, I would have told you there wasn't a problem. There may not be a chance. Or they, there may be a chance due to the division, but I don't think they're going to be able to do anything in the playoffs. And you can tell right now, I definitely believe that this team could do something in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, how does it feel compared to like 05? I know you've matured as a person, so you probably don't look at the world the same, even like in the White Sox kind of niche. Uh But does it feel like you get the similar feelings? You're feeling different? Because I'm sure you had way less expectations in 05 compared to just this season, even though the injuries did kind of cloud it a little bit, like you mentioned a second ago. But it, does it feel like you're a little bit like hesitant, a little scared and nervous that you weren't like in 05? Um, it's funny that when you say that, and I don't compare this season to 05, but the fact that early, the flip is this. Earlier on this this season, and early, I mean a lot, a lot of the season, all right? 
um, at least the first half, there was a feeling of hopelessness due to the injuries of Eloy Jimenez to, to uh, Lewis Robert, uh, then coming down the line where you saw Yasmani got hurt. And that wasn't as early as those two got gentlemen. Um, there was a feeling of hopelessness. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to do? Nobody knew that that Goodwin and Hamilton and that Andrew Vaughn was going to be able to play corners and that you was going to have timely hits by Gavin Sheets and Berger or the Germinator was going to go off in the beginning of the year and give them a hot start that perhaps they wouldn't have gotten. Um, no one knew that. So the flip in 05 was the bottom fell out at towards in the second half of 05. So that feeling of we got a chance to do something in 05 because you got to go. We went from Shingo. We opened up with Shingo being the closer and the league had caught up to Shingo. Nobody was swinging at nothing. All right. <laughs> it was like, just sit there. Don't even swing. That's how you just don't swing at it. He has to listen. If he can't get a strike, it's on Shingo. Right. So you had this, the league exposing Shingo. Uh, then you had Dustin Hermanson come in and seeming like he saved us. And it was like, man, boy, thank goodness for Dustin Hermanson with the, with the, with the booty cheeks uh, because Man, it, without the closer, it was going to go bad. Then Hermanson got hurt. And again, I was talking to some guys. I forgot what show I was on about a week or two ago. And I was talking about coming back from California and Vegas. And I remember watching the Sox game, feeling like, man, this year was this year was good. But, man, we ain't got no closer. We're not going to be able to do anything. And I saw this ill-ass uh, 12-6 uh, curve. And then I, was, I kept looking at this dude. And I'm like, who's juice? Why is the gun juice like this, right? <laughs> it's like it's like this gun is juice like a mug, right? And They're on it, the road. Usually it's the opposite. What's going no, on here? No, this was at home. This is at home, I believe. And it was big bad Bobby Jinx, right? Big I mean bad Bobby. I mean, just that that right there. I mean, so and always you always have to give props to the team that we we won the division by beating today, uh, the Guardians. They started the Sox in the playoffs early because the Sox had stopped playing and with the Cleveland baseball team on their ass all in August and September, it made the Sox start playing well and playing uh, uh, playoff baseball before the season ended. It it reinvigorated them, right? So the Sox hit the playoffs hot. Because you got to think the only team they they lost one game to Boston that was the only. Pretty much, only, yeah. I think that's the only game they gave away in the playoffs and in the World Series was they they lost the game because they what they play Anaheim, Boston, and then the the Astros. The Astros. So they swept Anaheim. Who will be playing again? Right. They swept Anaheim. Then you had the situation where Duque had to come in with bases loaded and save us when it looked like the Boston series was going to go left. And after basically after El Duque came, El Duque came in. There was no worries ever again <laughs> because the, the, the starters wanted to close out the baseball games in the, in the, um, in the, in the, uh, the World Series. So looking at that, how hopeless it felt in the second half, that's how it felt in the first. But one thing that I think you were trying to allude to, that team didn't have the, the power that this team has. Like this team has is studded. That team, you have to remember – you have gotten rid of a Carlos Lee. You have gotten rid of a, a, a um, or Mags Maglio Dornez. Frank Thomas was was only played maybe thirty games, even though those thirty were needed because he was turning on everything. Right, he made a hit twelve to fifteen homers, and they needed every one because they didn't get those games. They don't get into the playoffs. You know just mm-hmm. how close it was against the the, the, the Cleveland baseball team. Um, now this is a team that's favored. Um, 
the, the hitters, um, the Sox had went to a small ball, uh, a, a small ball team then. Well, in a way, with Ozzy, right? With Ozzy, when you you sit there and you had um, Scotty Pods on on the top, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But Who now, was straight getting on base and killing it with those right. stolen bases, right? And now you got Timmy, you know, who's can do it all basically. Like one day could easily be an MVP, um, leading it off. So in a way, like so, it, I mean, he's not the player that I'm mentioning at all, especially with steals. But he's in the the vein of uh, um, Scotty Pods. Yeah, well, Scotty Pods, or what I was really wanting to say is like a, a Ricky Henderson esque. He's not Ricky Henderson, mm-hmm. but a, a leadoff hitter that with bop. You know what I'm saying? And that who doesn't there, strike out? Right. And so, nobody steals bases in baseball anymore, like they right. did back in 05 Anyways, but um, he's not. He's not. He's not the great Ricky Henderson. But still, this kid is a stud. You know, and now, I mean, last year was a question as far as, you know, was was uh, Lewis Robert ready to be in that two hole? And I mean, now since he's come back from injury, goodness gracious, in like 340 something. I mean, it's just they got an embarrassment of riches to a degree um, if their pitching staff. Is, is that not the worst part right now? I, I feel like as a Sox fan, it's got to be killing you. Like, yeah, you really rode that starting pitching staff all the way to this point and really negated all the injuries to the lineup. And now it's like almost like it's like a pendulum. It's like catching back up or something like Carlos Rodown down, goes down. Right. Exactly. It's they nobody's tried. fault. Tony has tried to. They think about it, they've given him they skipped starts with Rodon. They they took him out because they knew, you know, that he has been injury prone in the past. I mean, this is a guy one plan to get big bread. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like from his play this year, you know, a team will give him a, maybe a short term deal, but it, it could be a deal with a lot more money than he was going to get last year. Remember, the only reason he's back here is because nobody probably wanted him. You know, and he had a, he had a familiarity with the Sox that it made sense just to come back here to try to strike it out there again and try to get to that big contract. So right. I, it'd be different if I could blame the Sox for being reckless with Carlos Rodon. But the Sox have had kid gloves on him in particular. But the vets the last month and a half just trying to get get give them rest on their legs. So they've done everything. It's just it's Carlos Rodon, you know, and, but I'll say this. Oh, yeah. You you still have enough that you may be able to get past that. You know what I'm saying? Like it'd be different if we only had two decent starters. You you have you have a little bit more. I don't want to say you can go out here and maybe depend on some guys you wouldn't depend on, but you have enough that that, that you should be able to still succeed without Carlos Rodon. But it's definitely going to make it a harder than what it would have been if he was here on firing all cylinders. And is that kind of not? A little bit of a twofold then, because like you said, I agree. I think they have enough. You know, Lance Lynn, we're talking about AL Cy Young contender all year long, basically. Uh, Lucas Giolito was, you know, maybe not as good of a season as he had last year, but that's still potentially that guy can be unlocked at any point. And if he gets on a Lucas Giolito type role from a season ago, I mean, you're talking about an ace and an ace to lead your rotation. You're feeling fine, even if maybe... Dylan Cease isn't who you want or Dallas Keuchel isn't who you want, but you know, you can get by as long as the bullpen comes through 
And mm-hmm. that's what has just plagued the Sox all season long. It's almost like a perfect storm starting pitching going down with the same can't get this bullpen rolling for some reason effect. Aaron Bummer is playing better. Um, last week, it was definitely some angst when it came to Kimbrough. Um, he put, he pitched well today. They, they owned, the bullpen only gave up one hit um, in the first uh, game of the doubleheader. Um, but listen, I think they can figure it out. You know, now this is Hope Springs Eternal. This is my team. So, of course, I want them to figure it out. Sure. But they have one of the greatest managers ever. He's proven by the they end have of the talent season. too. It's yeah. not like they're like a breath of talent. Like they have enough there have a, that can win enough. a World Series for sure. So we, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, if, listen, if they can get past Houston, who knows what can happen? To be yeah, honest with you, for sure, if they can get past Houston. Who knows what can happen? And I mean, it'll be nice to celebrate on the South Side. I'm gonna try to get some tickets to perhaps a playoff game. Um, I wish I would have went to more games this season. I, I will next year. Um, I want to go. That's why I want to go this week. Still a pandemic you. going on, so don't blame yourself true, too much. True, true. But I, I still didn't go and, and, and enjoy the season um, with so much of this football stuff that's been going on now. So as I, I get oh, my yeah, schedule. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You, you picked up another critical job to the <laughs> to the old tree so you couldn't go out to the games as much. Shame on you, sir. Shame also, on you. Priorities. I know, right? Also, check out that interview with Seattle Lewis. Well, Seattle Lewis Fridays on Under Center. So it, just to give you updates on Under Center, Monday's episode, you're usually going to have Eric, Tony, and Alex and myself, or maybe, you know, Eric or Alex, depending on who's what, what type of jobs they have to do. Um, then on Wednesday, usually it's going to be Hogue and if the guys can make it. And the same with Seattle on Fridays. Also, make sure you check out, and I just posted it yesterday, uh, the Devin Hester interview from last week since he's been announced that he's one of the guys that are, uh, are could make it to the Hall of Fame as they dwindle it down. I'm sure he's going to probably make it. Uh, so we talked about that, Devin and I. So make sure you check that out. Really quick. Devin Hester is the best chance for the Bears getting a Hall of Famer anytime soon, right? Um, yeah. Since La- since Erlacher's in, he's the he's the and Jimbo cut. now is in. He's the clear cut favorite. Then I would think it would probably be, it should be, and we went over this, it should be, it's an offensive lineman from the 85 Bears. Oh, Jay Hildenberg? Jay Hildenberg should be in the hall. But I think Olin may may have the next best chances. I I think Olin, I think Hilgi, Olin, Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman should. And I think, but once, unfortunately, Lance Briggs, like the three top three are kind of here. And then Lance Briggs and Tillman, unfortunately. Well, I'll down. say this. I think Lance. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that, that they're fortunate down. And, I, and I, I've talked about this in the past as far as the reasoning behind me thinking they're going to get hot. But I think Devin, he should be a shoe in. I mean, first ballot. I think he should be. I think you. It's, there's no reason to disrespect the third phase and say he has to wait because it was special teams. And, and they only saw. put in the special of special teams. Exactly. I mean, and then there's no guys that were primary kick return, putt return guys in. You got three kickers. 
All right. So most of the guys that that may have been Hall of Famers that are in played other positions. So you have like Dion. Uh, he didn't do a later in his career when he was with um, the, the Ravens. But you have Rob Woodson uh, when he was with the Steelers. You know what I'm saying? Like you had guys of that ilk, somebody who I would have loved to see get in there, who did it for a long time as a male gray for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, also, and uh, me and Devin talked about this. You have a. Uh, um, you have what's the name uh, Dante with the the KC the KC Chiefs um, Dante Hall Dante mm. Hall should be Dante Hall should probably be in the Hall of Fame. You know, so he mentioned and I'm not this guy. I'm not saying he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I forgot about him. He mentioned Josh Cribbs. You forgot how good Cribbs was with the yeah. Browns yeah. for a period of time. But yeah, and Hester I, smokes all these guys. It's not even close. I mean, to me, Dion was the guy that, and Dion yeah. is looked at. Dion right. was my dude, and he the, the, he broke down the Dion thing. Was talking about you know they stopped they you know they they basically stopped doing it. And they will, he will only do it at certain times compared to Devin doing it all the time. But I mean. There was nothing. I was on uh, the tape never allows keeping one hundred last night, and Cars was talking about when um, David Montgomery, not David Montgomery, when Justin Fields got into the game last week at Soldier Field. It felt like when when Devin Huster was back there waiting to catch a kick. Yeah, like that's how the yes, juice in the stadium felt. Shout out to the guys at Tape Never Lies, uh, Phil, Shane, Cars, and everybody over there. Yeah, um, shout out to them. I like those yeah. guys. Yeah, we got to bring them over here or whatever. Well, uh, speaking of. Comparing that moment, Devin Hester, or the Justin Fields, Devin Hester-like moment. First start, official, Sunday. First, first start, um, I got something I got to get off my chest. We didn't do an off-top uh, today, but I'm going to need Matt Nagy to stop trolling us. Because it hit me. I'm like, this dude is just trolling us now, right? For him to sit there, and you know Matt Nagy gets there, he be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know what? What you what you got? What you got to do is you got to bring that and get it there. All right, and or, yeah, when you do that, when you do that, so Matt Nagy, when he was like Andy, he, he goes to Brad Biggs. I believe it was Brad oh, Biggs. Boy, the day it was. Asked him. It was. Asked, yeah, he asked him about the starter, who's going to be the starter. And he was like, "That's that's scheme." And Brad was like. No, it's not. Matt Nagy was like, yes, Brad, it is. Everybody in Chicago media turned that side <laughs> eye on Matt Nagy. Like, right, right. He's like, yes, it is. It's a it's 100% scheme. And it's listen, I, I, I read Brad Biggs probably every day, right? And I love his professionalism because he mentioned that Matt Nagy was talking to a reporter and he didn't right. say himself, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't make the story about him. But um, so then, of course, we see the incident where the PR person has to come in there and basically say, oh, no, you know, he meant this. And then Matt Nagy straightened it out. But when he's like, but the point I'm getting to, he's like, if healthy and he's our starter, dude, we didn't even need to hear that. All you had to say is we'll be evaluating this as we go move forward. You know, if Justin plays well enough, he has a chance to get the job. Uh, but Andy hasn't totally hasn't lost his job yet. We'll evaluate it when Andy's healthy enough and we'll get we'll come back to it. That's it. He didn't have to sit there. We're on the precipice of Fields Holiday in Ohio. <laughs> We're taking it back right. to his college state. Drunk right? on field celebration. Right. And he will be like, no, no. he's like, yeah, but what about? Oh, but um, <laughs> it's poison. It's like, yeah. Why are you tro- like, why are you like, I'm. If, listen, I get it. People talk a lot of trash to Matt, about Matt Nagy. 
So he has to get some pleasure out of getting some shots at us. But it hit me because I was upset and I was on the tape never lies yesterday. And I was telling him they got to stop being upset because stuff isn't changing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like very rarely. And it's not that we're not cognizant of it. Very rarely do you hear us talk about Ted Phillips. Do you know why? Because Ted Phillips isn't going anywhere. You know what I'm right. saying? So like he's a McCaskey. There, we don't talk yeah, about them either. Great, great point. It's, it's, he's not going anywhere, especially if they're buying a, a, a lot of land in Arlington Heights and he's the money man. He's right. definitely, they're definitely not going to cut off their nose. His main their face. responsibility is securing the future of the, the franchise. The back. But getting back to Matt Nagy and him trolling us, um, just be quiet and let us enjoy this this Justin Fields luxury. All right, like, and I, we were talking to Siafa today, and that drops tomorrow, and uh, it drops today. This is when this will be out. Uh, this, today is Friday. And we were sitting there talking about could Matt Nagy pull him and what it would look like. And I got to ask you, Ryan, like, so let's just say Justin Fields looks shaky for the next two or three games. What are you going to say if Matt Nagy's like, we're going back to Andy Dalton? Um, well, I was listening to Dan Pompey and he mentioned basically this right here, that that's probably why Matt Nagy said Andy Dalton's the starter, if healthy, because he can go to him if he needs to pull Justin Fields. Otherwise, if he's like, Justin's our starter, it looks way bad, right? And it's always mm-hmm. that we've been talking about it since spring or since training camp. You've done it plenty of times on under center, Chicago Bears media, anybody that does a podcast, they all talk about it. you can go Andy to Justin Fields. You can't go Justin Fields to Andy. It's got a, it only works one way, one benching, basically. Um, if Justin Fields were to struggle the next couple weeks, I think you just got to live with it, right? Like Deshaun Watson, he struggled his first year too. There wasn't, it wasn't slam dunk on, on, except for that little brief period before he tore the ACL in practice when he came on like gangbusters. But then after that, there was that period of, it's not that he was bad, but he was he was kind of inconsistent. But, and but, then he was unbelievable. It was Brian. If you can remember Deshaun Watson's first year, they they were hyping him up to be the MVP before he tore his ACL. Yes, yes. That's how he can like do. So uh, to me, it, there's going to be turnovers. They are. I mean, he's a rookie. I'm, listen, Trevor Lawrence is throwing picks. Our boy, and then our even boy, that. Oh, Zach yeah. Wilson is is passing passing the the Dutchies <laughs> to the left hand side to the other team like it's going out of style, right? Well, he, it was like a nightmare on of Christmas. Like he's seeing the ghosts of Christmas past with Bill Belichick and that defense. Like no shot for Zach Wilson. You know, Bill Belichick is just like yes, like maniacal playing the puppeteer. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um. So I'm I'm a, I'm I'm I'm, I'm lockstep with you. Um, it makes, dude, this is what we're here for. Let's stop playing games, right? Like, I, I, let's stop playing games. I think we've kind of, me and you have talked about it. It would be nice to get victories this season, but the, the, the most important thing oh, is getting yeah. Justin Fields up to snuff. Period. Having and, a dude that's a dude. That's number one. I don't care about any W's this year if that means getting a dude that's a real dude for the future. A dude that's a dude playing a dude? Um, so it, that's, that's the most important part is Justin Fields getting these reps, seeing live bullets, learning from mistakes. Um, especially if you keep telling us how well he processes things and how, um, 
quickly he makes adjustments after making mistakes, right? Mental notes, um, just mental reps, and, and, and to, to let himself know not to repeat, make repeated mistakes. Um, it's, and no it's just, carryover either. Right. This is what we. This is what we're here for, and we may as well step into it fully and stop playing and being scared. You know what I'm saying? Like let's let, let him fail, let him win, but let's go. Let's go ten toes in with it. You know what I'm saying? Unless he gets hurt, knock on wood. But unless he gets hurt, we're in it now. That the era started last week. I'm with you as far as what Dan Pompey said. It makes total sense. It gives the Bears a covering if something goes wrong to say that, where you don't necessarily have to crush Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is strong enough that it wouldn't destroy him if he was snatched. Um, but I don't expect Justin Fields to play that bad consistently right. for three straight games. Right. You know, so I mean, and even if he does, you don't know what the next three would be after that. Right. But if he goes in to Cleveland with a team with that much talent, even though that defense isn't what it should be, going up against Clown, two number ones on the edge, and, and Clowney and Miles Garrett, more importantly, Miles Garrett, and handles them. Oh, goes baby. in the face of big bad Baker Mayfield and the oh, flag. Baby. Flag stabbing center of the field Mayfield, right? Goes in there and takes a W, and he's a large part of the reason they get a W. It's no pulling nothing. All right. There, there's a right. discussion. Listen, I want Matt Nagy at the end of the game to be like, we found him! We found him! Right? Like, I just... <laughs> I want I want him to just start crying like weeping hysterically, right? Like you just wait so long. You just don't know I had Mitch. Right? Oh <laughs> my lord. Look at him, right? Look at him. And then Aaron Rodgers throws four picks next game against San Francisco <laughs> that night. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that that to me, as far as what do you do if Justin plays bad is you ride with Justin. You know what I'm saying? And I, I guess to be a contrarian, people would say, well, this is why you should have given him more first team reps in preseason and during training camp. And so he would be up to snuff instead of going full Andy, full Dalton. Yeah, dude, I'm going full Dalton tonight. <laughs> but um, but um, uh, yeah, but listen, let's dive into this game. I want to get your 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 predictions and what the Bears need to do as far as to win and what you expect to happen and perhaps why they may fail. Well, um, I'm liking, you know, everything that we're talking about with Justin Fields and potential success. And the big reason I think why we feel this way is, you know, he threw that dime to Allen Robinson in the end zone. If Allen Robinson catches that touchdown, like maybe that game changes and it's not a close one where we're feeling like, yeah, okay, whatever. But maybe we're feeling a little bit better. And on top of it, he gives those type of throws that Andy doesn't. And I, I'm hoping, I don't know if this is my expectation, it's definitely a goal that I think the Bears need to have is try to get some of that downfield passing. Let's use this arm now that we got it in there. And especially nice like, like you said, he's going to make his mistakes. Like that one interception when it goes cover zero, but the guy just totally bails and he's reading blitz all the way. It's mm-hmm. not like he misread it. It just, that's the game of the NFL. You got to learn some of that stuff and you got to step on it a few times and be like, dang, I didn't know the linebackers fly like that. Right. 
to the right spot. Like they knew exactly where I was going. I didn't deal with that against Iowa or Wisconsin. <laughs> so I hope that they try to exploit. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope they exploit like, or try to exploit downfield knowing that like, he's just not going to be as efficient as Andy and that's okay. Use his skill set. Get him on the edge. I want miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney with that oxygen mask sucking. down. <laughs> if you want an expectation, I expect them to move that pocket and get him running. Like, especially like when Matt Nagy's offense was really rolling and in this small sample size that we've seen, it's when Mitch was running and then he was throwing on top of it. It wasn't Mitch in the pocket as a passer. It wasn't Nick Foles as a pocket passer or anybody else. Chase Daniel fill in the blank, get that pocket moving, get him running. Like I want to see them try to actually like use their personnel on offense. And then on defense, they got to keep that pass rush going. You're getting hopefully two defensive linemen back, but you're getting uh, Mario Edwards Jr., who was really disruptive in preseason and all of last year. So the rotation should be stronger against a really good offensive line. Hopefully you get Eddie. And if you have Eddie, you got to try to stop Nick Chubb. And if you can force Baker Mayfield to be the guy that beats you, he's going to throw it up there for you a couple times. And we've seen with the Bears, if they get ta- uh, takeaways – it shortens the field and they win a lot of games. I, I agree. I think the hardest part, and you said it, will be to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt so that the play action isn't as effective. You're not biting on it as much because you don't believe in it, even though how could you in one game with those running backs not bite on the play action? You know what right. I'm saying? Like it's that's just you're gonna get a you're gonna fill a hole with either one of those running backs, and particularly Nick Chubb. Um like, but you're right. If you make Baker Mayfield have to win the game, perhaps we can get that Eddie Jackson pick that we've been looking for, Jalen Johnson, you know, Kendall Vildor, or so on and so forth, uh, Gibson Sr. Um, that's the key, is putting on Baker Mayfield. You mm-hmm. know, especially with uh, with Jarvis Landry being out, I know Odell right. is going to try to go. He's, but he's, he's going to be on a pitch count, I, I would think, with an ACL. He's going to be rusty as all get out. That's yeah. That's a year after ACL. So they're not. You can't takes, let him play a full playload on and just fresh off the ACL. Like no. Right. So you know you got to sit here and and sit on these tight ends. You know what I'm saying. Make sure that they don't exploit you. But yeah, if you put put it on Baker and make sure you run that rock with David Montgomery to make sure that you're giving Justin that. So to help him with the, that that defensive line, uh, watch out for them cornerbacks. They ain't no slouches either. But uh, use David Montgomery. Use the play use your action. tight ends. Please. I was just gonna say use the tight use the tight ends. Keep listen. Go out there in some twelve, or even keep one this in just the chip. Right. And help with help with a mouse, Garrett. You know, just common sense. Don't listen. Don't let them put you in a box, but don't play yourself either. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't play yourself, but don't let them put you in a box. And defensively, on the backside, man, stay focused. Because you like the thing now is they always going to be looking to, to 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 hit you with the big play because you showed that you you're you're susceptible to get hit with it. You know, if you if a man shows you he has a glass jaw, right. you gonna swing on him, right? All right? Like, right. Oh, they got <laughs> right? You gonna swing, right? Versus that dude that's like Floyd that's gonna just exactly cut you down. Get in the pocket, 
and but yeah, so you now you you've 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 shown them, you know what I'm saying, your weaknesses. And I'm really referring to to Eddie Jackson, you know, so they're always gonna be looking to hit you with that. So they just go out there, stay focused, bring defense, the defense bring what you brought last week, offense. You still it's a lot of improvement, but now you got a weapon out there that you coming in there with a full full pistol, right? Not a right. one of them joints, not one of them joints you gotta right. No musket? No. <laughs> no Minuteman musket? <laughs> you know, like you, they, you got your Who's little, got powder? You got an M16 out on you now, so like un- unleash it, unfurl the boy, uh, young man, and let him go out there and get it. Let's find out what we got. I'm, I'm hyped. Um, Yo, I want to see it. What are you about to say? I love that comment you made, the 12 personnel. Like, how about... Like we stopped doing some stuff that's really ass backwards here with the Bears. How about we we really committed to Jimmy Graham? Let's just get him on the field. I don't care if he's a great blocker. Uh, we don't need him to to block for long, and we want him double teaming anyways. With Cole Komet, like you said, Chip help out. Doesn't that sound great for our tackles? Especially that they haven't been playing terrible, but. It, you know, this is a different animal that they're going up against in Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. And all we're doing is throwing it to Darnell Mooney to begin with. We don't throw it to anybody else. Uh, Darnell Mooney's getting all the targets. Just send two receivers, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. That's all you want to throw to anyways. Right. Or switch one out, give give him a break and put Marquise Goodwin in. But I'm with right. you. And then you're chipping away with those tight ends, right? We're we're having our big package. It's going to make it easier for Justin Fields to get outside the pocket, threaten on the edge. Less feel for him to have to read. How about David Montgomery as a receiver or or maybe have more success as a runner because there's extra blockers? Like, how about we stop doing some crazy stuff? And, hey, you want to get out of 12 personnel? Why don't we motion Jimmy Graham out of there? since he doesn't even block anyways. And we start using him since we decide we needed him instead of Kyle Fuller or Charles Leno. Great point. Great point, Ryan. That's nothing but facts that you said. You, you just, you just spat out right there. None, none but facts. And we'll see. We'll see this Sunday. Um, I'm with you though. Sense. I'm pumped. I'm pumped I'm pu- about it. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I mean, like I we're going to been... see the first start of hopefully the guy, right? So, I mean, you know what? I think I would be more pumped if I was younger and haven't seen so much of yes. Bears football, <laughs> of let alone history. this, 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 this administration of Bears football. I think I'll be, I will be through the roof if I was younger and hadn't witnessed, but also just what's going with the Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace era. Um, so there's a little, there's some hesitancy, um, but still, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be good, man, to finally have something that looks like it's there's no smoke and mirrors. This is legit, legit. You know what I'm saying? And even to the point, I don't even think we realize how legit it is. I think we do, but it's even more legit when you just look at the pedigree of this young man. This young man's pedigree. Listen, yeah. if, if, I hate. Uh, I shouldn't turn this into animals, but if this was a, if this was, if if he was a, a, a dog, this is some of the bluest of blue bloods that you right. can money could buy. Right Best in like show right here. Yeah, this that. is this is top flight. Right here, um, and he's proven it too. This, you know, what I'm saying. So that's the thing that when you're talking about Justin Fields and that the just the, the me and Siafa was just talking about the confidence that his confidence permeates. I feel like to the fan base. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where we're confident because of how confident well, he is. Especially after we heard Mitch turning 
off TVs and just seeming right and just seeming shaky when he talks to us and obviously how he plays on the field. Like this dude isn't phased by anything. Like he's like, next play, let's go. Like that stuff is really impressive. And I think, I think the reason why we don't quite know it yet is we're all sort of holding our breaths because we just, you just got burned by like the Mahomes Watson thing not too long ago. Then you throw on the history of the history. And then the last time we got this excited about a quarterback, it was Jay. It's just like, it just starts draining out of you. Like, Oh yeah. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget your home. That's so wait, don't forget where you came from. Yeah. It's an excellent way to, to finish that. Right. So, so don't forget where you came from. So it doesn't mean you can't turn it around. Doesn't mean he's not the guy, but we just, we just got to see that, that game that real ass game. And especially like, you can't fool us. Like we know we've seen too much of the bad. Like when they tried to give us that (laughs) Mitch six touchdown game, like we all knew he hadn't arrived. It was just like, maybe. And then he followed up with a meh. And then we all knew what it was. Like we're waiting for that real ass. Like, Whoa, that's a different, that's a different one right there. Right, dude. So, Look, we'll we'll see. I guess before we leave off of this part and go around the league, you got to give your prediction for this game. So what's your prediction, Ryan? I've I've been going with the theme of Bears optimist. It hasn't paid off whatsoever. So I'm going to continue that theme. Justin Fields' first start, he steals one on the road. 24-20. It's early enough. I think I had it 24-21 on under center. Mm. And I said, I said, I said initially. Wait, Bears or Browns? Bears. Initially, I said the Browns were going to win, but I thought it was going to be a good game for Fields. Uh, Part of me does feel like that, but I said, since this is first start, I'm going full me ball. Um, 24-21. Full me ball. Um, They don't have film on them. Uh, Full me ball. And that's one point that Siafa had pointed out earlier. Um, fool me ball out here, man. I, I think the kids, hey, really, especially the, the, they don't have film on them. They especially don't have film on them because man, Nagy refused to call plays that work for him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we got the bears winning. Uh, we'll definitely be back next week, uh, to come and, and give you our opinion. Definitely of, uh, what took place this upcoming Sunday. Uh, do we have, are we going up for grabs or are we just going around the league? Uh, we do have up for grabs. Yes. All right, so all right, let's go up for grabs. Well, are we going around the league first? I'm sorry, I'm I'm out of place. Let's go around the league first. I'm I apologize. Uh, I wanted to talk about the only noon game that I'm really or noon slot, I should say, besides the Bears that I'm really interested in. Bears, besides the Bears, yes, completely. Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers on the road. I want to see how real the Chargers are. Um, you know what? I'm, I do want to see how real the Chargers are. I want to just see the Chiefs defense stop somebody. You know, like, again, that's the re- reason why I said I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be back in the Super Bowl, even though it's early and defenses really haven't gelled all the way. And that's always been a defense with the Chiefs that's been real bend, don't break, and situational as far as the times that they really kind of hold, hold, hold pat. Um, but I'm with you, even though they took an L uh, last week against Dallas. Man, Justin Herbert's arm was re- it's always ridiculous. But some of those balls were like five feet off the ground going like 30 yards. All right. Um, and with him like falling backwards. All right. Um, 
I think the Chiefs are going to whoop that ass. You know what I'm saying? To be honest with you. I definitely you. think they're going to win. I'm wondering, is it a whoop that ass? I or is it a whoop that, For some reason, I feel like it's a whoop that ass. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this game. I mean, maybe it'll be on uh, the CBS affiliate. I think so. It says CBS here. And I can record it. But since the Bears are playing, I can't get my red zone on. Oh, red zone, how I missed you in the noon, in the noon hour. Oh, Bears. Uh, but, uh. Oh, that red zone feels so good. That first, that those noon games with that red zone, man, that's like waking up to mimosas and oh, food. Now just, you got me really loving it. Oh, man. But yeah, so I know we're go. playing each other this week. Oh, yeah. They got you winning, too. You got a nice little squad over there. Um, I, so I feel good about my squad this year. You I got you robbed got- week one. That was some BS. Maybe that's why I like this Chiefs Chargers game because I'm still burned by Patrick Mahomes, Tariq Hill getting 80 points when I lost week one by like only 20 or something like that. It was such BS. Sorry. Sorry, Ryan. What game? You 40 got and there? 44 between them. Come on. Sorry. Apologies. Um, I'm interested in the Saints Patriots game just because I want to see how Jameis rebounds from last week, even though it's it's Bill Belichick. And if if anything was exposed last week, you think that he would accentuate it this week of how well they coached that team up in the Patriots. So Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the, the, the Saints being at Foxborough that that one piques my interest. Um, I mean, I don't know how interested I'm in with the Bengals and Steelers, but I am because just just to see the, the fall of big Ben Roethlisberger with whatever peck. I think he had a peck injury from last week. I, oh, I know he took like, we he, got, go. he got hit so many times. He was on his back so much last week. It was ridiculous. I thought it was a old NWA song. How much he was how about those back. Raiders? Yeah. And you got an, an ankle injury that you hope, uh, isn't going to be that bad. And also you have Tua being out when you're right. talking about the Dolphins against the Raiders. Real quick, um, everything we've talked about so far has been noon games. And besides, like, all of these are what you're talking about. The Red Zone channel, like, this is, like, I want to see Bengals Steelers Red Zone channel. I want to see Chiefs Chargers Red Zone channel. I want to see Colts Titans Red like, Saints Patriots Red Like, it would be just perfect to have all this. Just but rotating. damn bears. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I guess the big, big game is the Bucks versus the Rams. Like, that's... That of Sunday? Be, that of the weekend? Be, um. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to put that over the Packers versus the 49ers, if that's what you're alluding to. I am you know, alluding to that. I'm going to put that because, I mean, I don't know if I put the 49ers right now as world beaters. I know they're 2-0, and but you know how I feel about them perhaps being yeah. injury injury prone. When we and get don't get me beat. wrong. The Bucks rams that's a coin flip, like in yeah. terms of that uh, game versus the other. Like they're the top two for sure. I mean, I want to see the 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 um the distance between the two teams now that Matthew Stafford is with the Rams. Right. So I'm I'm definitely interested in that one. I'm definitely even if he plays sitting William Henderson because nobody runs on the Bucks and nobody. Um. So yeah, I'm looking at that one. I'm more interested in that one than Green Bay versus the 49ers because I think the Pack beats the 49ers. I know it's in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. I think they're going to beat them. Um, Seahawks and Vikings is kind of interesting. 
I, well, I think that's interesting because, man, Vikings zero and three. Like right, right now yes. you're you're now you're you're in a rut. You know what I'm saying? You basically your whole fourth and quarter. They're is talking about gone. potentially firing Mike Zimmer. Like this thing can just start unraveling quick. Right. So I'm interested in that. And Eagles Cowboys. I mean, to be honest, I expect I, the Cowboys to be. I mean, I think Jalen. I'm Hurst only is interested. Well. And it, it, this relates to up for grabs because of the Manning broadcast. Okay, um, I'm I'm going to go Cowboys with how well that offense is playing. I don't think uh, the Eagles are going to be able to keep up with the Cowboys' offense. Also, yeah, with, I'm with, with you. The rookie Micah Parsons coming off the edge, just replacing Lawrence. I mean, like the Dan Quinn is doing a little something down there with switching the scheme up. Yeah, they're playing a lot better. Too bad they lost to Marcus Lawrence. That right. was a big loss for them. Right. All right, Brian B. let's go up for grabs. What you got for me? So speaking of those Manning brothers, um, I'm not so much curious what you think of their broadcast. Like, I, just personally, I saw the first one this last Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I was I was totally captivated. The only thing I hated is actually when they brought on other people instead mm-hmm. of like I loved when it was just them. Uh, Patrick Willis that. was cool, but basically everybody else, I was like, man, I yeah. definitely could have done without Brett Favre and Pat McAfee. I can say that. Uh, but just I just loved that style of commentary. How it was just different, and it was just a breakdown of things. And I didn't need, I guess, that play-by-play announcer. I get the value of it, but do you think sports games should shift their style at all of broadcasting to be more like these Peyton and Eli broadcasts? Or how do you feel about it? No, I think that it's an acquired taste. I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I watched the first one. Um, Russell Wilson was running the interviews. I forgot who the other interview was when I was watching it. And Russell, oh stayed. my god, they had like four, and I was like, "Get these right. dudes out of here!" I'm with you. It, I'm with you. It is better when it's just the two of them because one, the focus is more on the game rather than in, in the interviewee. Um, it kind of feels like when you're at a baseball game and you're talking to your buddy and you're not really paying attention to what's mm-hmm. on the field. Um, but I think it can't replace it because I think some people, one, like the old way and some people really still need to know what's going on compared to just being in this um, this free for all, you know, what I'm saying this, this 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 open box that you have when it's Eli and Peyton um, doing it. I enjoyed it, but I, I still don't know if I would like that majority of the time um, for me. You know, what I'm saying I think I still would like the job that, you know, you have when. The team, the the um, the, um, the box has to come in there, uh, you know, interview the players, interview the coach, get the backstories, all that other stuff that adds to it rather than mm-hmm. just them doing it like that. I think I think it's good as a, um, it's good to go along with a regular broadcast, but I wouldn't use it as a replacement for the regular. Broadcast. What about like a a slight blend? Like in broadcasting, you have to like. Finish your analysis right by the time the next play starts, right? So that the guy can call the play by play guy can call the play. 
I liked how it wasn't rigid like that with the Manning brothers too. Like let an analysis like, and they do, they do do more of that. It's gotten better over the years. Like if the color guy is onto something and he's making a great point, the play by play guy would just let it roll and go over the next play. But it feels like that's more of just like a very unique situation. What if that was more of like, it happened throughout the game a little bit more like openly and freely where you're getting maybe two guy, two color guys just talking back and forth and that play by play guy coming in occasionally, or even just bringing up some of the backstory stuff that you're talking about with the mm-hmm. coaches and the backstory so that they can once again, talk about it. And it doesn't have to be about announcing every single play as it happens, even though there is obvious value to that. I could see that, but I still think there is a value to really knowing what's going on on the field because there's so many things happening um, that we, we, we need to kind of know, you know what I'm saying? So what the ref is like, so I mean, I I think that's a a, a solution, but I don't know um, if that's the end all be all, or if that's going to displace the, the, the usual traditional way of doing it. I did like that a lot though. That was uh, that was good stuff. I, I, I only seen one, and it was enjoyable. And what you said, I did prefer when it was just the two of them. Um, oh my god, they had Brett Favre on there. Up. I was like, does this guy even know football? Like, what's going on here? Brett is a horrible announcer, horrendous announcer. I never thought about it, but I'm sure he is. Oh, you have to look up the articles. I didn't even know you didn't know about this. Oh no, man, he's done some announcing, and he's gotten it's gotten like the Raz Barry Award for the Razzies, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's Brett Favre, man. What do you expect? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's Brett. The only thing he could do was throw touchdowns and interceptions and stay healthy. Well, for my last up for grabs, I wanted to throw in a little bit of college football and uh, just kind of how you feel about Chicago being a college football hub this weekend in a way with the Shamrock series and Wisconsin and Notre Dame playing at Soldier Field on Saturday. I think it's dope. Um, I think I'm definitely going to look in on that game. Um It'll be interesting. You know what I'm saying? I, I have an affinity for both schools. I, I grew up a, a fan of in Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I was a huge fan of Barry Alvarez and what he did with that program over there in Wisconsin. Um, I think it's good for the Midwest. So I'm, 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 I, it's cool that it's here. It's cool for all the alumni and the students, you know what I'm saying, to come into the city. The city's not really cold yet. Um, to come in and enjoy it. It's going to be 70s, I think, for like the next week or whatever. Uh, maybe a little high 60 and 70s. So I think it's a great look. Um, you know, I I, I partially I, I, it's cool. Those two teams in it. I wouldn't mind seeing like a team from like the SEC come. I know it's the Shamrock, so it has to be, you know, but I, I'm just saying I wouldn't. Don't worry, my brother. It's coming when they go to Arlington Park and they build okay. that super station of a stadium. Oh, oh, I appreciate and then you. we'll get the SEC there. We'll get Don't the worry. SEC there. But yeah, um, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be nice. Uh, nice distraction this weekend to take in that game against uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. I feel like Chicago is kind of like an underrated college town in a way. Like if you got big game college sports, like Chicago's a great place. Like there's a vibe and an energy where it's like one of the pro teams. And that's not saying something small, like a pro team in Chicago gets, they gets the, the Kings parade, you know, like it's getting, it's serious stuff. Everybody comes out of the woodwork and celebrates. No doubt. No doubt. All right. This show again, man, good up for grabs as always. And always appreciate and keep up the great work, Ryan. 
I, you know, we got to talk after this. Keep up the great, keep up the great work. Um, everyone, make sure you follow him at Ryan Bisky and Ryan Bisky One. Follow me at That's Davis. As you always know, don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Uh, stay focused. Enjoy the Justin Fields debut. That's going to be the best part of this weekend. Uh, take it in. Enjoy yourself. Be kind, uh, NFL gods. Be kind. Be, be kind, NFL gods. <laughs>